In this episode, once again, we speak to the amazing Rob Green. Rob is a lifelong learner, constantly seeking knowledge and to empower himself and others. As an entrepreneur, a consultant and a podcaster, he has balance between being a devoted father and a husband and a successful career. He has owned over 17 brands over the course of his career and is currently hosts the podcast, I Am The One, in which he provides practical guidance on building wealth, maintaining healthy relationships and achieving well-being. And today we're talking to Rob about how to install a, the, the correct money mindset. Let's speak to Rob and find out. And remember, if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then come and join our uh, free community in school. The link's in the description or down below. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gil Khan, your money mice expert. And once again, we have the amazing Rob Green. Welcome, Rob. Hi, good to have you. Good to talk to you again. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rob. We had such a fantastic conversation about the future. So it was such a pleasure to have you back today. Now, Rob, everyone's heard your intro, and I have fabulous you are, but please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. So I'm an e-commerce entrepreneur. I've been doing e-commerce since 2011. Worked in corporate America for quite a long time. Didn't enjoy it. Wasn't a good fit for me. Was able to transition to my own businesses. Uh, I've sold a few, started a few different brands. And really, it's uh, allowed me to build an extraordinary life. Awesome. So today, we're talking about how to install the correct money mindset in kids. Now, why is this topic so important to you? And why did you want to, you know, why why have you, you know, done so much work around this? So, you know, my background, uh, neither one of my parents went to college. Uh, I didn't learn anything at home around managing money or how to invest. Uh, I don't think school taught anything, at least when I was in school. And I don't see it. In the it still doesn't. Yeah, it still There's doesn't. nothing around. My kids get nothing out of that. I mean, maybe a little tiny bit on how to balance a checkbook or how to manage your money on a monthly basis, but it's very, very limited. So my goal of my daughters, it was to teach them how money works. And, and that means a lot. That, that's a big topic, right? I have a finance yeah. background. So that could mean interest rates. It could mean how to make investments, but, but really having enough, at least a conversational ability to understand, you know, in the, in the US, we talk about the Federal Reserve. What does that mean? How do interest rates work? How does money work? How does a credit score work? basic ideas like that, but we went a little bit deeper. There's a great book that I highly recommend called How an Economy Grows and How mm -hmm. It Crashes. And it's a cartoon style book. And it starts off with three guys on an island, each catching one fish a day to survive. And by the end of the book, it's a multi-island uh, bunch of nations. Everybody, there's trade, there's interest. It's a full economy that's been built out just starting from three guys on an island. And it teaches these concepts through the cartoon, through the drawings, through the examples and the life lessons. So I've read that book with my daughters. Um, it was great when they were little, like eight, nine years old. And we would read it together and, and, and be allow me to explain a little bit more in depth what the book is. And, and the first run through is really just to get them familiar with some terms, right? 
it's really hard in anything when you learn it if you don't understand the terms because you don't have a language to communicate on. So mm. after we did it uh, a few years ago, my, my oldest daughter um, said, okay, hey, dad, dad I want to invest. And I said, great, I'm going to create something called the Bank of Dad. And I may have borrowed this from somebody, but I'm pretty sure I created this. So uh, if there is somebody out there who created it, let's give them due credit. But I don't remember anybody else. I just came up with it, I think, on my own. I said, what we know is that to make money, you, you get an interest rate. And she said, I want to do 10%. And I thought, wow, that's a pretty aggressive interest rate. And I said, well, we also need to earn that money over some period of time. She said, well, let's do it every month. And I said, wow, okay, so you're going to earn 10% per month on any investments you make with, with your dad. Mm. She said, yes. I said, okay, well, this would be a good teaching experience, right? How much money do you want to put in? She went to her room, got her wallet, took all of her money out and handed it to me. She said, I got $400. And I said, okay, well, this is going to get expensive quickly. Like every single month, I'm going to be paying her $40 in interest. But I, she gave me her money and I said, hey, I said, um, I got bad news for you. Unfortunately, the bank just failed. And she says, that's okay, dad. I took out insurance with mommy. And I was like, all right, she gets the concept. She understands how the banking system works. Hmm. So her younger sister wanted to join in on the game. So they would give me their money. At the end of the month, I would give them the money back. So I'd say, here's your $400 in principal back. Here's the $40 in, in interest you made. So you made 400, you got your $440 now. So you made $40, your money working for you mm. without you having to do any labor. Is that better? Did you enjoy that more than not actually having to trade your labor for money? And they obviously, as everybody, were huge fans of it. So we did that for a little while and that got them the concept of how money, and I tried to explain to them, this is an unusual return, not mm. normal in the marketplace. We're just doing it for educational purposes. Um, I said, but now we need to introduce risk. So what we did do now is that end of the month, we flip a coin. So now if the coin is whatever they call it, heads or tails, they get a plus 15%. But if they get it wrong, they lose 5%. And the idea here is I needed to introduce risk. It can't just be up and to the right. It's a straight line that they always win in every mm -hmm. investment. So I wanted them to understand risk. What's really interesting to me is they've both grown up in the same household my 15-year-old is far more comfortable with risk. If she has any bit of an edge, she will take it. Hmm. My younger daughter is 13. She needs like 10 to 1 odds for her to want to take a bet. Even when I stack it in her favor, she has to have a far better return for her to take the risk with her money. And it's really been fascinating to have these conversations. We'll play games, card games or things like that. And I'll say, hey, you know, you've got an advantage. You're ahead of me. Do you want to make a bet on this game? And it's purely just to teach them understanding probability and risk. And when you have the odds in your favor, put your chips in. Mm. When you don't have the odds in your favor, don't chase the result. And I think this is a life lesson, not just a finance lesson. But when we mm. have the odds in our favor, you need to push your chips in. And mm. especially around marketing, this is one of my favorite uh, sayings around it that people ask sometimes, especially business to business, you know, what's your budget? Well, I have an unlimited budget for profitable activities. Hmm. If it's profitable, I don't have a budget. I will continue to push more in because that's the only thing that makes sense to me as an hmm. entrepreneur. Why would I? And that's a corporate mentality. We talked a little bit before about employee mentality. Employees and corporations have budgets on a monthly or yearly basis. Hmm. They say, I can only spend 100 grand on advertising. But if my return is outstanding and I can continue to invest that money, why wouldn't I as an entrepreneur put more money to work? So that's one of the games that we've played with the kids to teach them risk, probability, how to understand money, how to understand the returns on the money. 
And it's really allowed them to think differently about their money because they do make money and, and how would they do with it? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great game. I think it's a brilliant way to introduce risk as well as investments. I think my biggest, um, and I'm going to steal that idea from you, actually. I'm going to show that to my son, how um, how to introduce risk, because I, I was wondering how to do that. I have shown them through investments, you know, they've got their, they've got their ICES and we, inter- we put them into the, the funds and they go up. And my again, my my daughter is more uh, is 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 actually it's funny enough. My my daughter is more risk averse. When my son is probably a bit more um, exciting or is a bit more um, lenient towards it. I don't know if that's a girl boy thing or it's just the personalities. But it's um, funny. But then my daughter has has more money. But then you know, she gets more money as well. She has probably saved up more compared to my son because my son likes to spend. But it's the risk factor which I wasn't able to show through life study, and that works really, really well. And so, have you, you know, have you introduced how to how to make money in terms of, you know, like yeah. going out and getting a job, or do you give them work in your in your office, or what do you do? So they do work in the office. They both get paid a salary, and they both um, invest. We have a Roth IRA here in the U.S., so they mm-hmm. both have Roth IRAs, which is basically an umbrella account that is uh, is not taxable. Uh, so they do have investments and they see that what I find for most people, especially children, is numbers on a screen don't mean anything to them. Mm. They have a hard time taking those numbers and Seriously. getting to understand dollars. It's a reason casinos have you turn in money to get chips. Mm. It takes away the dollar perspective of it. Now they're just chips in your hand. So having them give me the dollars, literally pull them out of their wallet and hand them to me every month, and then me handing them back to them with more or less dollars, I think brings a tangible benefit to the game. I think that's brilliant. I think that's absolutely brilliant. I think for children, they need to have that tangible thing. This is my money and yes. this is my money back. And this is how much yes. extra I get. And I think that that's probably what's missing in, in my household because they understand concepts, but they're still concepts. They haven't got that tangible element to it, which you do. I think that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we, we do also have, I'm, I'm coming up with new opportunities. We've had something around Christmas. We were talking about this. I haven't fully implemented this yet. We're a couple of weeks behind on it. But the idea is I'm going to give them $500 mm-hmm. to invest. Now, what does that mean? That means I want them to start something to turn that $500 into more money. So they can do a, a product if they want. They could do a service. They could invest in marketing. They could be TikTok affiliates, right? We could find something, but I want them to pursue something and try and invest the money and see if they can turn that into more money. I want real world practice. I think that's great. And how would you encourage them to research which what, what they should do? Mm. First thing is always, what do you love to do and what are you good at? Start there, right? If okay. it's, you know, if, 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 if I, if I uh, love dancing, but I was terrible at it, that's probably not the line of business for me. So you've got to have both. I think you better be at least decent at it, good at it. Uh, but you should love it, I think it would be ideal. Mm. Or you find an opportunity. Sometimes we find opportunities that are not really interesting or we're great at them, but we'll find a product opportunity. I just found one the other day. The market is massive. There's not a lot of people in it. We might pursue that market opportunity. The beauty of young kids is they are so on point with what's happening. They are. Mm. I learn from them all the time of what's on trend. Mm. I'm behind now of what they're doing. So they see things happening and just, I want them to learn what lens to view those opportunities through. I and that just takes practice. 
Yeah, I think I think I think giving them more credit and getting them to research the opportunity is great because I think you're right. Uh, my daughter had been telling me about being on TikTok way before it became trendy, way before it became, you know, everyone's talking about it and everyone's trying to build their accounts on it. She's been telling me since 2014, I think when uh, she was on it when it was uh, musically and then it was bought mm -hmm. out by TikTok. And it, it was bought out by something and it became TikTok. And she was really annoyed about the fact that, you know, they it became TikTok because it musically was for, for kids of nine, 10 year olds, which was her age at the time. And then uh, once it became TikTok, she still liked it. Um, I think eventually once she forgave them for, you know, making it to TikTok. But then she was on my back to, you know, make it. And I, I just, I, at the time, could not see, and I was on Facebook, and I could not see how me in 2016, 2017, how me being on TikTok could have benefited me. I couldn't see myself dancing or whatever. So I refused her offer and she kept telling me to be on it and then all of a sudden now when I'm trying to get myself audience it's that much harder because the opportunity walked away back in 2016-17 um, and so you're right they, they are they're they're way ahead of the game in terms of what what apps are new and what's what's working and snapchat whatever because I, I seem to be catching up on everybody else um and they're like oh that's so that's so last year I'm like huh what <laughs> okay I just yeah they, they know more than we do about that I mean at least for my daughter and her friends, Snapchat is the only way they communicate. Oh yeah, my kids too. And I don't, and they only call on Snapchat. They only talk on Snapchat. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 insane. So, is there a way to build a Snapchat show, for example? That's something that they could explore mm. and monetize because there are Snapchat shows that are being monetized now. So, I want to give them the flexibility and have them come up with some ideas, and then we'll go through them as a as a family and kind of prosecute each idea. Okay. What what is the opportunity here? You know, that's that's number one. Like I said, uh, when I talked to you previously about this is, is there demand for this? Because there's no point in building something that there isn't demand for. Mm -hmm. um, you know, e-commerce, it's relatively easy for us to understand demand now because of all the tools that are available, Amazon. I could tell you how many units are sold every day on Amazon.com of almost any product, right? That tells me demand. Mm -hmm. And then you can go out and meet that demand with hopefully a better product. And the same thing with a service or a product. I mean, if if there, we do this all the time in our family, handymen are difficult to get right now in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. We have things that need to get fixed around the house. Almost impossible to get a handyman to come to the house and fix things. They're all booked up. Mm -hmm. There aren't enough of them and they charge a lot of money. Well, that means that demand is outstripping the supply. supply. Yeah. Right? So if I was so inclined, I would go become a handyman if I was that, that's an opportunity for somebody to go out there and then just do some basic marketing and you've got your own business. Yeah. If you're good at doing that stuff and you enjoy it, that's the easiest business in the world because we know that demand outstrips supply currently today. Okay, so I think that's great, but let's come back to the money mindset aspect of the children. Mm -hmm. So I, I love the concept of giving them tangible money and and which by the way, I don't know how long that's gonna last because you know, with the, the introduction of digital currency, we may not, <laughs> we may be the last generation that sees, um, you know, sure. currency or, or, or money. But I still do like that opportunity. I, I, I do like that option of tangible money, giving and taking back and then introducing the you know, flipper coin for the risk. Cause it literally is sometimes it's just potluck, you know, the economy's up, economy down or whatever. Yep. And, but how you know the, the idea that they want to make money because I think this the one thing that's missing at the moment is is which I see is the value of money. Now mm. I I struggle more that with my son with my rather than my daughter because he you know if he wants something 
well, my daughter, she has to work for it. So she has, she's got a budget that I give to her and I'm able to monitor it. My son, he wants something, he asks the dad and he gets his dad to transfer money over. So there is no concept of, you know, it's limitless. It's the bank, literally the bank of dad. And, and, um, I do not have a, a conversation with him too much. I don't discuss because we get into altercation, so I avoid the conversation. Um, and so I struggle with him understanding the concept of value of money. So how do you teach the value of money to a child um, who has everything? I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little old school in my belief. I, I did manual labor in high school. I did like roofing, you know, tearing off roofs and stuff like that. I truly believe everybody should do some back-breaking form of labor in some capacity. I'm not saying forever, but some period of time. Like when we we had some rocks we needed to move in our yard, we didn't have a landscaper. Did the girls and I got out there and we shoveled rock. I think understanding how can we find a way to pay them for labor to truly understand that I think minimum wage here in Arizona, I think is like 15 or $16 an hour right now. You're going to go do this for one hour. You're going to get $16. Mm. The government's going to take four. You have 12. You just did that. You get $12. Is that something you want to continue to do over and over, over. and over, over again, again and over again to get that money? Or do you want to pursue a different path where you can understand different ways to make money? I mean, the beauty of today's society is that we can all talk now and mm. think and make money. As opposed to the back-breaking labor that had, you know, up until a couple hundred years ago, that's what everybody that's did. Yeah, that's the only way. To, that was the only, the only way, way to make money. Them. Yeah. Uh, so I think you need to. I think you need to really tie the things together for kids. At least in, in my experience, hmm. you've got to show them the cause and the effect. Cause and effect. You can talk about it all you want. You can give them concepts, but some kids, you know, depending how they learn, they've got to be hands-on and really have that impact and see what it's like. Well, uh, what about this concept that comes up that, you know, you're, 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 we shouldn't really pay children to do mm. the chores. So I know there's some mm. people, you know, who only you know, who would have this number of chores and the kids have to do them and then they get their allowance. I've always been dead against that. You yeah. know, in, in life, agree. things that you have to do, you have to do, you have to make yeah. your bed, you have to tidy up, you have to clean up. And it's, we've got guests coming, you know, obviously now we, we, we do have cleaners, but I do try on purpose to, so if you've got guests coming, even if, it's, if the house is clean, I'll get them to clean up again. So they understand the concept when, you know, you have to make the house presentable, but they're not getting paid for it. They just have Correct. to do We it. don't do that either. We don't pay for the basic living chores of, you know, putting your bed together and cleaning and doing the dishes, right? We don't do any of, we don't mm. do allowance. We don't do any of that. So it's additional things beyond the scope of that, okay. that they could do the work on. So uh, here's another one I've done. Another example I've used. Um, we have we all have things around the house, mm. or some people have storage units of stuff. But we have things around the house that have some value that we could sell that we're not utilizing. Mm. So I went to my older daughter. I said, "You go sell these things. And I'll give you thirty percent of whatever you make. Go sell them. Figure out how to sell it. Mm. Facebook Marketplace, Offer Up, eBay, whatever it might be. Go do the research. Figure out the value. Figure out how much you have to price it. You're getting the product for free essentially because I already own it." Mm. go make money and figure out how to sell it. And then I'll give you 30% of whatever you, whatever you earn. And giving them the practice of figuring out how, to, how do I have to price something? How do I research it? What is the market price for it? 
I think is really an invaluable skill. 100%. 100%. I think this is this is the the part that I think most parents struggle with is how to mm-hmm. they may have worked uh you know because I've, i mean i've done a minimum wage work um as an i've never done retail work but i've done admin work and so forth and i've done you know book tea and coffee and all of that rubbish um and um even as a lawyer you know as a junior lawyer you do all of that rubbish as well because you're doing it for the seniors you know you end up being you know the the more of an assistant than anything else but it's a long hours with um low pay and I think that instills the value of money that you don't disrespect it. Also, apart from the fact that it also gives you respect for the people, for the small person, you know, because you've been there. Um, you respect the person who, 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 you know, who he's um, not on on high wages. But I think I, I as a as somebody who my biggest concern I think was because I I was once I made money and my I did give my children the kind of lifestyle I wanted to give to them. My biggest concern was not to have privileged children to instill the idea of one which is uh, compassion, of, of kindness, of, um, you know, you treat everyone the same, irrespective of whether they're the janitor or the CEO. That That's the concept that I came that I got from my mother. But I grew up on the, on the council estate, so it wasn't difficult for me to install, whereas, you know, for my for my, my kids, they are in a privileged environment. They're, they're you know, with the private elite schools and stuff. And it's for them to understand that it doesn't matter where they are, everyone's the same. And... I think this is a concept that a lot of people of entrepreneurs, I think when they make money, I think they struggle with. What's your take on that, on, on overprivileged children? I think the biggest thing is that there are sponges who they model you. Mm. So I think how we treat people at every in every respect is modeled by them. Because 100%. I think maybe that's it. Because I think I've never, I've never struggled with that in my children. I've seen in others, but I've never yes. seen it in mine. But there may be this reason because I... I'm I'm like that. I will smile at everyone. It doesn't matter what job role they have, and I'll speak to anyone who wants to talk to me because yeah. I like talking to people. I'm like, I'm, you know, I, I, I do the same. I do. My kids are uh, are, are surprised. Sometimes. I talk to everybody. I talk to check out uh, at a grocery store. I'll talk to the waitress or waiter about everything. Exactly. It's just it's just it's a it's a normal conversation. You smile and just make make you know polite conversation. Yeah, um, I, I think the other thing we try to do is focus on gratefulness. You yes. know, we they live an amazing life and uh, they haven't had to work for it, right? The bottom line is they live a, le- a great life and haven't had to work for it. And they haven't earned it yet. Yes. So they've literally won the the lottery by being born to the family and have, have, have not earned it. So we talk about it like, hey, I'm grateful for this. Are you, you know, and they say they're grateful for certain things, right? And being grateful for it, I think, gives a really good perspective and how to think about um, their opportunities and how to think about, you know, other people who don't have those opportunities, right? My, my oldest daughter has a good, really good friend now, and he's from Ghana. And he mm-hmm. grew up in Ghana, was adopted as a baby there by uh, a couple from here. And they just moved here a year and a half ago. So he is new to the uh, Arizona and to the U.S. in the last year and a half. And, you know, he didn't have the same opportunities in Ghana yeah. that he has here, right? Mm-hmm. It's very obvious and he's, he's a wonderful kid, well-mannered and just super grateful. Um, but he just, he, you can see the difference. Like he has so much more opportunity mm-hmm. here than he had growing up in Ghana. I think I think that's, gra- gratitude is a way, great way to teach money mindset anyway. Because I think the, the, the best mindset you can have is one of gratitude of what all you mm-hmm. already have. Because you never go into lack and scarcity mode. And when you're grateful for things you have, 
they may not stay because they're not in the, nothing's ever constant that change is the only constant in life but you're able to appreciate them while you have it and then you're also mm -hmm. able to work back towards them um as and when you need to you know if you need to when you're older but it also keeps you grounded my you know my daughter shared something with me today which i thought was amazing she she had an, uh, a friend that she was so a girl that she was friends with and they've moved recently Maya moved schools and this girl moved schools with her and they they weren't friends it was horrible and this would the girl had the girl had done some horrible things to her in when they first started the school together anyway Maya took it in chain we saw we all got it resolved and um, so now they became they became civil and today when the girl was upset uh, it was my daughter who went and confided her and said so, so, look we're still we're friends when we were younger we're still friends now I'm here for you whatever and I thought that you know, and who was somebody, or the, when her new friend said, well, you know, why are you being kind to her? Whatever, whatever. Um, and I said, Maya, but that, that makes you who you are. Don't lose your character. Um, right. And the fact that, you know, she was in need and, you know, and she was a friend at one point in time, you know, a few years ago, but still was a friend. And the fact that you can remember that time and be kind to her now shows your character. It's not about what she did, but what you can do That's on right. a daily basis. And I think that was, and I was so proud of her. You know, she's a, she's you know going to be seventeen in a couple of months, and she's becoming a really mature um, young woman. But it was it was a proud mummy moment for me that she's so grateful for what she has, um, without being arrogant or conceited. Uh, but it's also about being. I, one of the biggest things I you know, when it comes to money mindset is I teach is it's forgiveness. You have to forgive everyone, never including yourself. And you can't move ahead in life unless you've forgiven everyone. So I'm a big stickler for forgiveness. And it's a concept that I talk about. And somehow by osmosis, she's taken on board that she actually forgave her from her heart to this girl. Because um, we had, I had to turn up to the school. It got to the point, the bullying got to the point where I had to turn up to school and discuss it with people. To the point, you know, six months, it's not that long, but six months down the line. And it's the other way around. My daughter's comforting that child. It's, it's a lovely thing that my daughter's able to do it. But it also makes me very proud mummy. I love that. I mean, there, there is no better moment when you see your kid exemplify something you've tried to teach them and you see it in the world and you're so proud of them. There's, there's no better moment than that, I think. And, and when you talk about, you know, money and, and finance and, and, and again, not to be sexist, but, you know, women don't get the same experiences in education around finance that men do. We're not, yeah. they're not as, as, as driven to that field and they're not supported in that field. So, you know, I don't want my daughters to grow up and not understand how money works. They I'm need upset. to know how money works so they don't have to rely on somebody else, me or anybody else. They are fully capable and independent of managing money, making money, investing money. That is a, a very important goal for me. I agree. I think in this day and age, or any day and age rather, you know, the, I, the concept of money mindset should be installed in both genders, not just men or female. I think they're equally important for both sides, uh, irrespective of who takes on the, you know, the role of the you know, being the breadwinner. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm traditional in my sense that I think that when he, when he started a family, the, the, the responsibility of making money should be on the, on the husband because the woman's the nurturing, but that's a different conversation for a different time. But the ideas and the concepts should be well understood by both parties, because otherwise, yeah. how will you run the household? And God forbid, what happens to one partner? How can the other person possibly survive without that help? Hence, the you know that's another that is another conversation for adults and and, and how they sort of mess up their finances, um, especially when, after one a partner dies. But can I, I wanted to yeah, go on. Sorry, go. Can I circle back to one something you said else that I just thought of that we do also mm -hmm. that you said how do you teach them the value of money? Mm -hmm. Another way to do that that we do all the time mm -hmm. is to say, hey, I want to buy X. 
and I'll say, okay, yeah, I don't want to buy X for you. I don't think you need X for you. Mm-hmm. So I'll pay for half. You pay for the other half. And very quickly, their desire for X goes down. Or I'll say, you pay for X. You've got money. You've got money in your, your account. You pay for X by yourself. And no, thanks. I don't want it. Well, that tells me you don't want it that much. Mm. But you understand, because you understand for you, my money, I mean, why not, right? For your money, it's different. And so I'll play with different, you know, I'll pay for half. I'll pay for a third. Um, you pay for, you pay for it. Or we go, when we travel, we go to like, a, I'm trying to think of like an amusement park. We go to Disneyland or something. Mm. We'll go for a few days, especially when they were little. You get one thing from the entire trip. So you pick the one thing you want to get and I'll pay for one. And I'll buy, you know, the one stuffed animal or clothing or piece or whatever you want. You get one thing and that's it. So look around while you're here and pick out what you want. You don't get 10 or 20 things or come home with a bag of stuffed animals, but you get one thing and be re- here's your budget. You know, you can't spend more than 30 bucks or whatever it might be. So we try to bring this into like the daily life and mm. understanding and, and, and including them in the business and how we make money just so they can get more exposure to it. I think it just becomes natural. Like you said, osmosis earlier. Yeah, I, and I, I was smiling when you said that because I think those things I've done just intuitively when, when my kids were younger. Whenever we go somewhere um, or, or in the shopping mall, anyway, they could pick up one thing, you know, and if it, nice. if, it, if it was sweets or something, it was one one packet of sweets, but it was it was always one thing. If they went out and I said yes, half the time I say no anyway because, you know, you're sorry, no allowed. But if we go out somewhere, um, it's one thing. And um, and about the about buying it, I think I've done that with my son. So he wanted a PS5, so I got him to save half of the money. So he saved half of the money from Perfect. his pocket money, and I paid the other half. And that's how we got his Love PS5. It. But I think, um, and my daughter, it's with her, it's all about the makeup. Of course, it's about the makeup. So she has her um, her monthly. Um, she gets wages from from the company, and certain money, some certain portion of it is dedicated towards her tuition. So she gets extra tuition, whatever. So she pays that off. And then she has a money that she puts into her ISA, which is like a Roth IRA. So it's like that. It's just a, a savings account. And so 10% goes there. And the rest, she can do whatever though she wants to, you know, make up, travel, mm. go out with her friends. It's her, it's, but she has a budget within that thing. And within that, she's also going to buy her brother present, whatever. So it's her thing. And I think she was just, she was wanted to throw a birthday party for herself, which because I said I said no to seventeen. I said I'll do it for eighteen, but I'm not doing it for seventeen. So she's yeah. she's setting a budget for herself to be able to take her friends to both party or dinner or whatever. I don't know. She keeps changing her mind, but that's her money. She's gonna pay for it. I'm not paying it for her seventeenth birthday. I'll buy a present or something. But she wants to do something for her friends. She has to save up, and she's been saving up for the last six months, I think, to have a, a you know pot of money to be able to take her friends out somewhere. Um, and, I love and, it. That's, and that's it. That's the only way to learn. Mm. That's the way to learn is to do it. You've got to do it. And you're giving them that uh, that opportunity. And if they skin their knee, as I say, don't break your neck. Don't do a don't make a catastrophic financial mistake down the road. Make a bunch of small little mistakes along the way and learn from those opportunities is how I think about it. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is go buy the wrong business with all of the money you've ever saved your entire life or do something catastrophic because you haven't had the practice of how to think about money. 100%. 100%. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap this up. So any parting comments for parents to teach money mindset to the kids? Um, I think include them and be transparent with how you spend and how you make money. And that just gives kids visibility. They become a part of it. And I think Mm. when they become a part of it, it allows them to think about things that they want necessarily a little bit differently. Perfect. 
Wonderful. Now tell us, Rob, how can we find you? Where can we connect with you on the internet? Uh, TheRobGreenShow.com. Uh, so I've got a, a podcast where I talk about health, wealth, and relationships. Talk a lot about the kids and all this fun stuff. So please uh, follow me on uh, Spotify and also on Apple Podcasts. We do a little YouTube also. Fabulous. So if you are listening to us on the podcast, then the, the link for um, Rob and his podcast and his other social media handles will be on the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, then down below. In the description section, we'll have the link for his podcast as long as well as other links as well. Check him out and go and start listening to his podcast. You never know what you may learn. Thank you so much for being a guest today, Robert. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And um, slightly different topic today, more about peer, you know, being parents and teaching money mindset to our kids. But I think that's an important topic for a lot of parents, especially the entrepreneurs. But thank you so much for being such an amazing guest today. Oh, thank you, Gull. I appreciate it. Conversation was great. Thank you. And thank you for listening to me and Rob today. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time we meet, this is Gull Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.